0: Welcome to Keeping Fit with Stories. Today's story is going to take you 3000 steps closer to your target. So, deep breath. And let's begin. If you must breathe to stay alive, then Ashwin to me is like breath. I don't need food or water to survive, just the beautiful memories of our time together. I can happily live on that. That was Nita Nayak in an interview to journalist Hussain Zaidi in 1997, declaring her deep and undying love for her fugitive gangster husband Ashwin Nayak. Exactly three years later, she was gunned down in broad daylight outside her own house on his orders where did it all go wrong come walk with me as i tell you a blood-stained tale of a woman a gangster and destiny the story today has been scripted by yasser usman broadcaster and journalist, and it is about Nita, a young Gujarati girl from a conservative family, convent educated, living in an upmarket part of South Mumbai, and Ashwin, also from Mumbai, but the younger brother of Amar Nayak, one of the ruling dons of the Mumbai underworld. Their lives were worlds apart, and in a city of 30 million people, what were their chances of meeting or falling in love? But hey, don't forget about destiny. Because they did meet, and they did fall in love. So that's where our story begins today. In 1980, when Neeta and Ashwin, having just finished school, meet for the first time and they fall in love at first sight. The differences in their circumstances don't particularly worry them. They're young, they're idealistic, they're in love, and they believe with all the confidence of youth that love conquers all, that love can change the world. When Nita's family find out, however, about this relationship, all hell breaks loose. Are you mad? You want to be with a gangster? You want to ruin your life? You want to destroy your family? And so on and so on. She tries telling them that Ashwin is not a gangster, that he has absolutely nothing to do with his brother's gang, that he's not connected in any way with the underworld. But Neeta's family are not interested. They forcibly put a stop to their relationship and she is ordered to forget all about Ashwin. Almost immediately, Neeta is sent off to Sophia College to study and Ashwin too moves away, all the way to London to study engineering. The family breathes a sigh of relief. It's all been nipped in the bud. But Ashwin and Neeta had not given up on each other. They had stayed in touch and they had stayed in love and they were determined to be with each other. Nita had been very particular about her education. She was determined to graduate. So the plan is that as soon as she is finished with her degree, they will elope and get married. And so literally on the day that she finished her last exam, Ashwin had picked her up from outside the gates of the exam hall and they had run away and got married. Nita's family had been furious but in spite of that the first few years of Nita and Ashwin's marriage were very happy they had two beautiful children a boy and a girl and Ashwin worked really hard at setting up his own career which had nothing to do with the world of crime Ashwin loved his brother Amar but he wanted nothing to do with his world not for himself not for his family Unfortunately, however, Amar was becoming bigger and more powerful in the Mumbai underworld and his shadow was starting to color their lives no matter how hard they tried to stay clear of it. Things were starting to get dangerous. Rival gangs had realized that Ashwin was a softer target. So if they couldn't get to Amar because of his security, Ashwin made a great alternative. And so, in a last-ditch effort to get away from all of this, Nita and Ashwin decide to move out of Mumbai altogether. Out of Mumbai to Chennai. Destiny, however, had not signed off on this new plan. Nita and Ashwin fly down to Chennai to organize things for their new life. They need a house, they need to organize a school for the children and so on. On their return to Mumbai, there are two cars waiting for them at the airport to pick them up. Neeta gets into the first car with her father-in-law, while Ashwin jumps into the second car with a group of bodyguards, and they set off for home. But on their way home, as they get onto the highway... Four cars come driving up from behind them really fast. Somehow, like something out of a Bollywood film, they manage to separate the two cars that Neeta and Ashwin are in. They then surround Ashwin's car and open fire on him. Twenty men with twenty semi-automatic machine guns open fire simultaneously on Ashwin's car. Imagine what it must have been like. Can you imagine the chaos? Bullets are flying in every direction. People who are innocently driving along suddenly find themselves in the middle of a deadly gunfight. They start spinning their cars around onto oncoming traffic to get the hell out there, while others, thinking that it is a film shooting, come rushing in to watch, trying to get as close to the action as possible. It is complete mayhem. Now, Nita, in the meantime, She had been in the car in the front. Neeta has her car stopped. She jumps out and running out into the middle of the road, she starts to scream hysterically, begging for someone to call the police. Interestingly, no one shoots at Neeta. Think about it. There are 20 men with 20 machine guns, all shooting at her husband, almost at Point Black range. And yet, no one shoots at her. Okay, time for a quick stretch as I explain this. See, it was always an unwritten rule of the Mumbai underworld. You do not attack a woman. And so, even in the middle of the gunfight, even as they continue to shoot at her husband, they do not touch her, they do not shoot at her, they don't even try to take her hostage. Okay, done your stretch? Let's go. Five, four, three... Two, one, and back to the story. So, 20 men with 20 semi-automatic machine guns have surrounded Ashwin's car and opened fire on him. But Ashwin, in the most unbelievable fashion, manages to duck and roll out of the car, dodging bullets in a way that is straight out of an action film, and makes the most unlikely escape. The attack had apparently been ordered by Chota Rajan. Chota Rajan was a rival gangland boss, and he and Amar Nayak, Ashwin's brother, were sworn enemies. The aim of this attack had been to kill Ashwin as revenge on Amar, because as I said, he was a softer target. And it is at this point that Nita realizes that moving house, moving cities, moving jobs, nothing is going to work. They may not have wanted it, but the shadow of the underworld has stuck to them. And this is where Neeta decides to take destiny by the horns to make her own choices. And she does something that you would never expect any wife to do. This sweet little Gujarati girl from a conservative traditional family, loving gentle wife, dedicated mother informs her husband that in order to protect himself and them, he has to become a gangster too. And if he wants to stay alive, he has to get used to killing others. Hard to believe that a woman with her kind of education, her kind of background would have pushed her family, her husband into a life of crime. But she had admitted it in one of her own interviews. She'd said, I wanted my husband alive, not dead and I knew that he would be safer in the crime syndicate rather than out of it. Ashwin had been horrified at the idea and he had resisted as hard as he could. He did not want to join the underworld and he kept looking for other ways, but eventually he had given in to her pressure and joined his brother Amar Naik's gang, becoming, according to Mumbai police, the very first educationally qualified gangster of the Mumbai mafia circuit. I guess his engineering degree had finally paid off because in no time at all, Ashwin had become known in the underworld for his meticulous planning abilities. This had been his stepping stone to power. You know, in the Mumbai underworld, they still talk about some of his really cleverly planned murders and heists. So, Ashwin joins his brother's gang, and in no time at all, he becomes extremely powerful. And when I say extremely powerful, I mean the sort of power where you can demand protection money in a rival Don's territory by simply picking up the phone. Let me tell you, in the underworld, that is serious power. And that was Ashwin now. And through it all, Nitha had been beside him. His confidant, his advisor, helping him, supporting him all the way. It was as close to a perfect life as you could get. But then, destiny, oh destiny, A few years down the line, Neeta decides that she needs to do something with her own life as well. She has spent so much of her life supporting her husband, helping him in his new career, being his backup for everything. Now it's her turn. And so not only does she decide that she wants a career of her own, which already Ashwin doesn't like the sound of, but even further against his wishes. She decides that that career will be in politics. In 1992, Neeta joined Bal Thakre's Shiv Sena. Ashwin was extremely against it, but Neeta had made up her mind. For one, she wanted to carve out an identity for herself. She was a bright girl with a good education, which was just going to waste. But also, she felt that. If she was in politics, she would be able to protect her husband better. She would be able to legitimize his activities. In an interview to um, a paper called Afternoon Dispatch in Korea, which is a newspaper in Mumbai, she had said, ''We are constantly being harassed by the police. They ring our doorbell in the middle of the night. They raid us at unearthly hours with reports of what Ashwin is supposed to have done. It is all very upsetting for my children.'' If I am in politics, I shall be able to put a stop to this kind of thing. I guess that's power too. But that's a different story, I guess. As I was saying, in 1992, Neeta stood for the municipal elections and won by a huge majority. And this gave her the position of cooperator for the Shiv Sena. She knew that she had won because of her husband. People were frightened of him and they had been threatened into voting for her. She even acknowledged this in an interview at the time, although in nicer language, of course, saying that she owed her victory to Ashwin's support and encouragement. But whatever the reason for winning, The point is, she had that position now, and she was determined to be brilliant at her career. She was determined that her progress in her career was going to be because of her own hard work. But very soon, her life was to take another twist. In 1993, exactly a year later, Mm -hmm. Ashwin was arrested and put into jail, Mm -hmm. and suddenly Meeta found herself leading a double life, politician by day dealing Mm -hmm. with the affairs of the Shiv Sena, and gangster's wife by night looking after her husband's underworld activities. Because this was the only way to ensure his safety in prison, by maintaining his position of power within the gang. And by and large, it seemed to be working. However, 18th April 1994. Ashwin is being taken for a case hearing to the Sessions Court in Mumbai. It was a fairly regular trip where he and a bunch of other prisoners would be picked up from jail and taken to the courthouse under police escort. But on this particular day, destiny had yet another plan for them. As Ashwin gets out of the police van outside the courthouse, a man from a rival gang, disguised as a lawyer, runs up to him and shoots him at point-blank range through the head. But wait, this is not the end of Ashwin and Neeta's story. The bullet went through Ashwin's head, but it did not kill him paralysed him, waist downwards, and confined him to a wheelchair for the rest of his life. But it seems that it did not, even in the smallest way, impact Ashwin's career as a gangster. Because while he was totally incapacitated in hospital, Nita took over all of the running of the gang for him. She made sure everything ran smoothly. And as soon as he was well enough to be sent back to jail, He once again took over the reins of the gang and Neeta, the ever supportive wife, went back to managing the logistics and finances for the gang as she always had. But what does happen now is that because of this injury, Ashwin is finally granted bail on compassionate grounds. Up until now, this had been constantly denied to him But now that he is a paralyzed man confined to a wheelchair, the authorities figure that he's not a danger to society anymore. He can be granted bail because, well, how far could he go? I'll tell you how far he could go. This paralyzed man confined to a wheelchair managed to jump bail and disappear. And he didn't just go into hiding in some part of Mumbai or Chennai or something. Oh no this paralyzed man confined to a wheelchair ran off to canada from canada he snuck across to south africa from south africa he fled to singapore you know i'm always just a little bit speechless when i tell this part of the story i mean these places aren't exactly next door how does an internationally wanted criminal made even more conspicuous by the fact that he's a paraplegic in a wheelchair, fly around the globe unnoticed. What are we missing here? But, as I was saying, Ashwin jumps bail and goes on the run for several years. But where did this leave Neeta? Well, Neeta had stayed on in Mumbai taking care of the children, holding down a job, facing police inquiries about Ashwin, looking after his gang activities, etc., all by herself. She has no one to turn to. She has no one to talk to. She doesn't even have the comfort of speaking with Ashwin on the phone. You see, they had known that their phones would be tapped, so they had both agreed that they wouldn't stay in touch over the phone either. And suddenly, Neeta finds herself very alone. Her dream of spending their lives together is fast fading into where they have absolutely nothing together. Not a smile, not a shoulder to cry on, not even a simple good morning. This was not the life that she had signed up for. On the flip side, however, with Ashwin being on the run, Nita suddenly finds that she is free. She has freedom for the very first time in her life. She is free to do whatever she wants, to be whoever she wants, and to be with whoever she wants. And this new whoever that she chooses to be with is a handsome young man called Lakshman Sitaram Zeman. Zeman was the private bodyguard to the then chief minister of Maharashtra, Narayan Rane. They had met for the first time through work, but it seems to have been attraction at first sight, for both of them, an attraction that had very soon developed into a deep love. Now, initially, Nita and Zeman had tried to keep their relationship as quiet as possible, as secret as possible. But in 1999, when Ashwin's older brother, Amar, the big Don, is killed in a police encounter, The two of them decide that they no longer have anything to fear. Ashwin is still on the run. He's hiding in some corner of the world somewhere. And Amar is dead. There is nothing to stand in their way. And so at this point, the two of them start to be seen in public together. Finally, life is going well. But there is, of course, the ever-watchful destiny. Just a few months later, Ashwin is recaptured. His older brother has been killed and he's feeling a little under pressure to take over the gang. So he tries to cross back into India via Bangladesh, where he is caught, arrested and taken to Tihar Jail in Delhi. But this time, for the first time, Neeta openly expresses her displeasure. This same Nita, who had stood by Ashwin through thick and thin, through his upward climb within the gang, during his time in hospital, his time in prison, his time on the run, she had supported him all the way, declaring her undying love for him. Now, she says in an interview, that as far as she is concerned, Ashwin's return is not a cause for celebration. In her interview, she says, I am back. to being just Ashwin Naik's wife again and I just cannot face people with this anymore when pressed for more answers she had said no I don't regret being his wife but I do regret my entire existence and then she had finished by saying we will need to discuss our future definitely not the words of a woman in love Ashwin in the meantime in prison had already found out about Nita and Zeman. Ashwin had always been a possessive man. According to police reports, he had once ordered the killing of a man who he had suspected of having an affair with Nita. There had been rumors about the two of them, and on the strength of these uncorroborated rumors, he had ordered a hit on him. The Zeman affair had been plastered all across the media. It was impossible to ignore and impossible to pretend that it did not exist. Ashwin had sent for Neeta to come and see him in Tihar jail. He said that he needed to speak to Neeta personally. He needed to sort this out. But no matter how many messages he sent to her, she kept finding excuses not to go to him. Finally, he had become so angry that he had sent for Nita's brother instead and threatened him that Nita had better come or else. Eventually, Nita had gone to see him. She had run out of excuses, but by now it was June 2000. Ashwin had been captured in August 1999. It was almost a year that she had been putting him off. According to police records, Ashwin had spent the entire visit yelling at her about how she was ruining the family name, warning her to give up her connection with Seaman, and so on. And apparently, she had just listened quietly, head bowed, eyes lowered, not saying a word. Now, Neeta did not give up Seaman, but she was very afraid afraid of what Ashwin might do. And this anxiety had started to affect both her health and her new relationship. But finally, somehow, Zeman had managed to convince Neeta that Ashwin could not do anything to her at all, that there were such massive charges against him, there was no chance of him getting out of jail for absolutely years to come and that she had nothing to fear. And so in October 2000, just a couple of months after her visit to Ashwin, Nita and Lakshman Zeman got married. Ashwin received the news in prison, and Ashwin passed his sentence. The same Nita who he had loved so much, who he had eloped with so that they could be together, the same Nita with whom he had dreamt of spending his life. Today. Ashwin put out a hit on her, and with this order, he shattered one of the longest-standing traditions of the Mumbai underworld, the unwritten rule that you never attack a woman. Police records state that the order was given to a man called Sunil Yadav, or Ekya as he was better known. Maybe because he was one of Ashwin's most trusted men or maybe because he knew Neeta extremely well and if Neeta had seen him, by chance, she wouldn't suspect him. Ekya had known Neeta since her marriage and he was that close that he used to call her Bahini or Bhabi, sister-in-law. On the 13th of November 2000, exactly one month after her marriage to Zeman, Nita was returning home from Nagpur where she had gone for a Shiv Sena rally and she had just started to climb the stairs to her flat when she looked up to see Ekya and two other men waiting on the landing above. And before she could react, before she could run or scream or even register what was happening, they had opened fire on her. The story, as it was told later by the other two men, was that it was Ekya who had shot her, and as she had fallen down the stairs, as her body had tumbled down the stairs, Ekya had literally sprinted down the stairs and clutching her tightly in his arms, he had begun screeching hysterically Vini, Mala Mafkara, sister in law, forgive me. And he was so out of control that the other two shooters said that they had actually had to drag him off her dead body and get him away from there before the crowds could gather. Nita was rushed to hospital by ambulance, but unfortunately, it was too late. She was pronounced dead on arrival. Five men were arrested for Nita's murder the three shooters and two others. And it was on their testimonies that the police had put together a case against Ashwin Nayak for masterminding the murder of his wife. Eventually, however, Ashwin Nayak was cleared of the charges of Nita's murder. His lawyer had managed to prove a lack of reliable evidence against him. Of the five men who were convicted, two were acquitted and then couldn't be found for further questioning. Two were deemed unreliable witnesses and Ikya, the main shooter, was conveniently killed in a police encounter. Plus, Ashwin himself made a very good witness on the stand. He was so emotional, stating that, yes, he was furious over the affair, but if he had masterminded this whole thing, he would have ordered Zeman to be killed, not his beloved wife. Never his beloved wife. Either way, Ashwin was cleared of Neeta's murder. Today, Ashwin, having served out the rest of his jail sentence, lives happily with his beautiful children in South Mumbai. The children have grown up and found their own paths and passions, and they get to make their choices. Even Zeman gets to choose what he wishes to do. It is only Neeta's blood that colors this story. They say that we are born into this world shackled to a predestiny. Our life is laid out for us and so long as we stay within those parameters, we are fine. There are, of course, those amongst us who dare to defy destiny and follow their dreams instead. And that's fine too. But destiny demands a price. And destiny can be a real bitch.